Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1914. This week we're celebrating the Hilton Head Island Concord Elegance and Motoring Festival that takes place November 5th, 6th, and 7th on the beautiful Hilton Head Island. To learn more and get your tickets, go to hhiconcord.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Greenville, South Carolina with a very special guest by the name of Ben Ebel. Ben, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's see it, Mark. All right. Now, I was going to say, are you ready to burn a little rubber? But I'm not sure if that's appropriate, given where you work and what you do. And we'll get into that in a second. But before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Ben? So when I went to school in California, I had originally been a car salesman for the last four or five years before I went to California to attend Art Center. And when I first applied to Art Center, I didn't get in. And so I had to find a job. And so I worked at Symbolic Motor Car Company in Beverly Hills, which was an exotic car uh, sales company. So until that point, I was a, a kid from South Carolina. I'd never driven a Ferrari, never driven a Lamborghini, never driven a Lotus. And uh, in the six months I worked there, I got to drive all of those things. So I was always a car fan growing up, but I was a fan meaning that that I had the poster in my bedroom. So the first time I drove a lot of those cars that I loved so much, I was actually in my late 20s, and it was because I didn't get into school the first time I tried. Well, in a way, that worked out. Now, Symbolic, did they also have the same, was that the same Symbolic franchise that was down in La Jolla? It was. So the the original store was in La Jolla, and then we also had a store in Beverly Hills where I worked that was right across from Larry Flint's Hustler building. Oh, gosh. So we would see him pull out in his airbrushed um, limo every now and then. So it was right there on Wilshire Boulevard, very close to the Peters. Oh, well, I have to kind of wipe yourself off a little bit after seeing that guy. <laughs> but uh, the Peterson is cool. You know, I grew up in La Jolla, and I remember when Symbolic first opened, going down there and always looking in the window at all the cool cars and so forth. And that whole area, of course, La Jolla, a lot of people had great cars. A lot of my friends' dads had cool cars and so forth. So I was really lucky to grow up in that neighborhood. But uh, uh, that's pretty cool that in some way we were kind of related back in the day. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 What fun. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we're going to dive into your world because we're going to kind of geek out over tires today. And I'm really excited about this because you work at Michelin. I've always run Michelin's on my cars. Love that brand. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more from the insider's view. Ben Ebel is the user experience designer at Michelin's Customer Experience Lab. His team leads the development of new technology and business strategies that make Michelin service solutions and products more irresistible to their customers. I see you're the guy, the reason I write those checks. Before joining Michelin, Ben held positions in graphic design, automotive retail sales, and management, as we heard, and most recently as an automotive designer at the Mercedes-Benz Advanced Design Studio there in Irvine, California, another very cool place. He holds a Bachelor of Industrial Design from Auburn University and a Bachelor of Science and Transportation Design from the Great Art Center College of of design. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsor, so give them a little listen. We'll be right back. We're talking tires today. 
and the Hilton Head Concours. We'll be right back. Did you know the most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior is the sun? Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, cracking the dash, fading colors, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you and me. Their quality-made sunscreens are easy to use, take seconds to install and to remove, and they protect your vehicles while parked in the sun if using a cover isn't a good option. I have one for every one of my cars. They come in a variety of colors and options, and their accordion design makes unfolding and folding them up for storage as cool as the summer breeze. Your sunscreen comes custom-tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. Here at Cars Yeah, I've got a savings just for you. Use the code YAH21, that's Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, and they'll give you 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code YAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. When it was time to renew my collector car policy, my carrier raised my rates. By a lot. But why? My usage was the same, my car's value was the same, and I had never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. The only change was their rate, and they had no reason why. What's with that? I researched my options, I spoke to others, and with American Collectors Insurance is where I now have my policy. What a difference. A live person actually answers the phone. She spent time learning about me and my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush, and provided a reasonable quote. American Collectors Insurance now protects my special ride. I'm saving hundreds of dollars and I can sleep at night knowing my baby is properly insured. Why wait until your next premium is due? Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote. Call 866-AC1-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine. Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Ben, we're back. We're going to dive a little deeper into the corner because we've got great tires on our vehicles today, Michelins. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more before we get into your involvement with the Hilton Head Concours with Michelin tires and the fun that you have and exactly what do you do in this position that you're in? Because when you think about tires, you just think, oh, rubber compounds and things and they're put together and we buy them and put it on our tires. But guys like you and I and my listeners, we love tires. So take it away. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. I remember when I started working at Mercedes, I couldn't believe how much their cars cost until I saw how they were made, and I couldn't believe how little they cost. And I kind of feel the same way about our tires. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's over 200 individual components that go into our tires. And the thing that's crazy about a tire is that there's nothing static from the bead to the rubber compounds to, you know, everything inside of the tire depends on something else. And the fact that we're able to create them with such consistency is just amazing. Uh, A big part of my job that I've really enjoyed was that I've been an ambassador for the brand at the Detroit Auto Show for the last few years. 
And one year I was there and a gentleman walked up and he had won a contest at a tire shop and he came to us and, and, and was really excited to talk to us and we talked tires and that kind of thing. And so I just asked him, I said, what's one thing you would say about Michelin tires, um, you know, as many brands as your company sells? And he said, if all we sold was Michelin tires, we could cut our cost of wheel weights by two thirds. <laughs> and I've always huge. loved that. I've always loved that yeah. because... People say, what make Michelin so great? And it, it seems like a crazy thing to say, but our tires tend to be rounder than everybody else's. <laughs> and that's what my dad says. When, you know, when I, when I hear about his, he had a, a, a Speedster and all of these cars, he always put um, Michelins on them. And he said, because they were just so consistent. And from the way that they drive to the way that they perform from new to worn, um, you know, to, to the, the balance weights and, and what you can expect out of the tires. You know, I just, our consistency is what makes our tires so challenging to build. But I think also what makes them so consistently rewarding um, to our customers. And as an employee of the company, that makes me extraordinarily proud. Well, it should. Let's talk a little bit about tire technology and the evolution of what's happened, let's say over the past five, 10 years. Because when you say there's over 200 components in your tire, mm -hmm. I think most people go, how can that be? I, right. What do you mean? I mean, there's rubber and then there's maybe some metal stuff in there. If you look at a tire that explodes or something, or they're so worn out, you see some belts in there or something. What are the other 198 components? So we don't have to get into that, but I'd love to talk more about how the tire technology has changed over time because most people think about tires, the, the non-car people as oh, this necessary thing I got to buy. I'm going to go buy the cheapest thing I can. And they don't right. stop and realize your whole existence in an automobile and staying on the road is this tiny little patch that's mm -hmm. ever-changing, right? The size of your palm. The size of your palm generally is the size of the contact patch. Yeah, which is amazing. When most cars weigh 3,000 to 6,000 pounds, you get in these giant SUVs, and you just think, wow. The other thing is inflation, which I'm sure we'll touch on, is so important. And I always pride myself in uh, checking my tire inflation every month. I mean, I've got a compressor in my garage. It's very easy to do. But my mechanics tease me and say, you're like the only guy who rings a car in here, and his tires are always spot on. And, yeah. uh, you know, I say, well... You know, you're a rare bird, Mark. It's important. You're a rare bird. <laughs> well, it, maybe it came from just my uh, anal-retentive nutcaseness that I am, <laughs> or the fact that I race cars and I realize how just a little, a couple pounds can make a huge difference. So let's talk a little bit about how technologies change first. So one big thing that's been interesting in the last few years has been connectivity. You know, similar to I think everything else in our life, the Internet of Things. A few years ago, we launched a product um, called Track Connect, and it's available in the U.S. on our Cup 2 product. And what Track Connect does is it literally is a sensor. And instead of you're familiar with TPMS, TPMS tends to be mounted to the rim. For Track Connect, we literally mount a TPMS sensor to the tire itself, to the inside of the tire. And so what we can do is when you're driving on the track, we can tell you what air pressure you should adjust for for your best times. So if you want to minimize understeer or oversteer, and we've mapped out several tracks. And so whenever you're driving this Track Connect equipped Cup 2, we can provide you air pressure 
recommendations to maximize your performance at the track. And, and I think that is just an amazing thing. But that's kind of where we're going. You know, the more connected we can be, um, the more successful we're going to be. You know, I think one of the big things we're seeing in tires, and you know this, Mark, being a tire guy, is rims sure keep getting bigger. Yeah. You know, I mean, when yeah. was the last time you saw a 15-inch rim? I mean, you just don't see them anymore. You know, I mean, I, I you can find economy cars with 19s, 20s. You know, there's SUVs. V's with 22s and even bigger. And that, you know, we're losing a lot of sidewall there, um, which obviously impacts your your ride comfort. And so managing those super short sidewalls has become, you know, something that is very interesting for us um, that we work for. And one thing that we also do at Michelin is that we believe in what we call long lasting performance. And what a lot of people don't realize is you know, the difference between your braking distance, specifically in the wet, between a brand new tire and a tire that's half worn or fully worn can be massive. I mean, you know, tens of feet. And and what we have really tried to do is to design in what we call long lasting performance, where our tires tend to keep a higher level of performance during their life. I would say the biggest push that I've seen over the last five years is in sustainability, um, you know, with with sourcing products and recycling products. And we have some really, really ambitious uh, goals out there for 2040 and 2050, um, where we're looking to make our tires 100 percent sustainable. And one of the, the efforts that we're having is moving into non-pneumatics. So you may have seen the Uptus product, um, which were uh, was launched at Moving On with General Motors a couple of years ago. So it no longer uses air. You know, it has a sh- an internal structure which supports the vehicle without air. So basically at the end of the day, you can't get a flat. And that's another area where, where we have expended significant resources and, and, and research to move into the non-pneumatic world as well. The world, it is a change in uh, that for sure. Is. Yeah. When you think about the tires today, what is the one most important thing that people should consider when they're looking for a tire for their vehicle? I would say that uh, one most. That it says <laughs> I know. Michelin. There's probably that, that a lot, but. <laughs> yeah, that it says Michelin on the side, Mark. Well, of, well um, yeah, we, I, think, I think our listeners know today I'm in love with Michelin tires, and of course you are too, but uh, it's just because I've, I've had them for so long, and when I started going to the track with a, a BMW M3 I had, that's the first slick that I ever bought to put it on my street car so that I could go on the yeah. track and drive it, and I just went, wow, what a I mean, I was shocked at the difference before I started racing. The difference it made was so massive. And I just thought, I want to be driving on this every day. Of course, I live where it rains. So that would be crazy. Uh, yeah. As we watch these F1 races, the minute, the last one I just watched, the minute it started racing. Yeah, every, this weekend, raining Lando. Every, yeah. <laughs> Lando would like to have that call back. Uh, uh, poor Lando. Yeah. Can you imagine you get that close? Uh, yeah. Frustrating. Um, I would say that one of the big things is I think people may not realize how important tires are. Now, I would guess that your audience does. I mean, you you tend to have an enthusiast audience. And I think as an enthusiast, we tend to understand what each component means to the vehicle. But I think that whenever consumers look at something that may cost $20, $30, $40, $50 more than something else, they kind of say, well, what's really the difference? And I, and I think, like you said, you know, one palm what, you know, the, the contact patch is only the size of your palm. I just feel like that's money well spent. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's a message that I, I hope that I can get across, which is that please don't cheap out on your life. 
you know, please don't cheap out on your safety. And, you know, whatever you purchase, I really hope that you make the decision. And I say this to all of your listeners, they make a decision based upon information that's provided about the best product for where they drive and how they drive rather than what's on sale or what's in stock. And and that's that's a challenge. But I really honestly do believe that. Well, it's true. Now, another question I have for you. My life changed a lot. I used to commute every day. I drove my car a lot more. When I left my previous uh, job and started staying home and doing my podcast, I just don't drive that much anymore. Uh, Mm. So my car sits a lot. And Mm. as a result, and you and I were talking last Friday about this, I've got a car that I bought brand new, my 05 M3. It's a wonderful car. I love it. It's got Michelins on it, of course. And the tires look like they're in pretty good condition, but in fact, they've got very low miles, but they're just now about 10 and a half years old. And I hear all these different stories about, oh, you should replace your tires at eight years. They should be at 10 years. It doesn't matter. Now, my car is kept inside. The sun isn't beating down on the sidewall, so it's not affected that way. But what is your professional, knowledgeable opinion of what happens to tires over time? Because I'll tell a quick story. I bought a car that had 14-year-old tires on it. They looked brand new. The car only had been driven less than a thousand miles in 14 years. It was a garage queen. It was a Mm -hmm. 66 Mustang GT350. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go get tires right away. About one weekend, I was going around a corner kind of fast and one of the tires literally disintegrated, just Mm. blew to pieces. And Mm. when I took it in, the guy said, what's the deal here? Your tires look brand new, but they're totally rotted from the inside. And he showed me and I was horrified at what I saw. Now, this this was 20 years ago, but still I went, oh my gosh, that's frightening. So what's a professional's opinion on this? You're going to tell me I probably need some new tires, right? I do. do. So Michelin's recommendation is 10 years. So, and also some people think about 10 years after you've bought them, but it's actually 10 years after the date of manufacture, right? Which is right on the side of every sidewall. The DOT code has, has the date of manufacture. And and the reason for that is, have you ever had a car mark? This has probably been a while since you've had one with white walls or white letter tires. I did. Though the Mustang had white letter tires. So, you know, over time, whenever people clean white letter tires, they go, well, why do these, why are the white letters getting brown or what is the brown? you know, on the sidewall of the tires. And that's literally the oils and waxes from the rubber itself percolating out of the rubber. And so those are the chemicals that keep rubber supple and and allow them to, you know, perform and deform millions of times as the tire rolls. And so we, just as to be safe, we say 10 years after the DOT code, the date of manufacture, just like you said, even though they may look perfectly new, we believe that that tire is is not in a state where you're traveling as safe as you possible. Well, it's a good idea. And I'll tell you, uh, the last set of tires I bought for both our cars were from uh, Costco. And I had a set of uh, snow tires that I put on my wife's car. Now it rarely snows here, but we live on a steep hill. It can get icy. So these tires we've had for a while, they only are on the car for about two months each year. My wife doesn't drive that much either. So, and I took the car in to have the other tires remounted. And he said, this is the last time you can use these. And I said, Mm. well, they've only got this many miles. He goes, yeah. And he said exactly what you did. He goes, we legally will not put tires that are more than 10 years old on rims on cars, uh, just for liability reasons, even if they look perfect. But he did show me on the inside, very close up. He said, look at these tiny little cracks. 
little mm-hmm. tiny little cracks. Um, mm-hmm. He goes, they're not cracks all the way through, but that's telling me that that rubber, like you said, is weeping, getting dry, even though I dress the outside of my tires. I don't dress the inside. I am crazy, but not right. that much. So I, I think it's <laughs> it's great advice and it's good advice for those listeners out there that think, oh, I can just get away. And especially if you're a spirited driver and you drive a performance car, right? Well, the one thing I would like to say, Mark, that people don't think of is that also applies to the spare. You know, so ah, oftentimes we don't think yeah. about the spare tire <laughs> and you got to think about spare tire run pressures of like, you know, 60, 65 PSI yep. and they spend their life in the, in the, the trunk, you know I mean? So they're protected. But if you have a, you know, a 12, 15 year old vehicle and you may have taken excellent care of the tires that you can see, but then you find yourself in a situation where, you know, you need that spare to, to get where you're going and the spare. There's 15 years old. You know, it's just something that's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. Um, but that's something that we like to to recommend to people is don't forget, you know, the age of your car is pretty much the age of the spare. So once you're over, you know, if you have a 2011, it's probably time to, you know, to consider replacing that spare tire. And just like you said, spares rarely get worn, right? I mean, you don't, can't look at a spare and says that's worn out. Um, but again, that falls under that 10 year window. So I would like to remind everybody to uh, check on that date. Too. Same for those space saver tires, those funky little. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. Yeah, yep. exactly. Well, it's all common sense for most of us listening today uh, that, you know, we're car people. But again, uh, it's good information to share with family members who aren't and they don't even think about it. And of course, tires to me, probably for people that I, like, I love getting new tires. It's like, oh, this is cool. Most people go. Why would you like spending money? It's like getting a new roof on your house. You're right back where you started. Yeah, but it's not leaking. It's not causing damage, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've heard heard people compare it to uh, your refrigerator. When it works well, you don't think about it. And every 10 years when it breaks, you got to spend a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? And I think that's kind of a funny way of of thinking about uh, something like tires, but I certainly understand the parallel. Sure. Now, I like to ask my guests about driving inspirations, things that are, are a person in your life that was maybe very inspirational to you. Is there somebody like that in your life? You know, I've just always been around cars. Um, I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a Porsche Speedster and my mom had a GTO Judge. And I just thought that's how every family was. And <laughs> Your then, mom had the Judge? Yeah, she had the Judge. Cool. And then within, within 18 months, we had a Toyota Corona station wagon and, and, and dad had a I forget, like a Ford Torino or something. Mm. So, you know, I caught them at a very small moment in time whenever they had cars that I was very interested in. And I still remember the first car magazine I ever bought. And my dad literally claims that the only reason I know how to read is because of car magazines. Because cool. I've read very few books in my life, but I've read every car magazine on the planet. And cars to me were always just really, really important. And I had members of my family, you know, I mean, my uncle, you and I talked about this earlier, you know, had a 911 and he lived in California. So he was just this really cool guy that I remember. I just remember being around cars and specifically Porsches because dad had the speedster. I just remember that being because I'm not a very cool guy by nature. And so I liked the kind of glow that a cool car could have on somebody. Oh, how fun. <laughs> you how know, fun. so I just, I just, cars for me is kind of, it's just always been such, it, it, it is one of the driving forces in my life. Maybe the biggest. I think so. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, let's take a short break for our sponsors here. We come back. I do want to talk a little bit about Hilton Head Concord because Lindsay's going to get, get me in trouble here if we don't talk more about it. We could just geek out about yep. tires all day. So keep the seatbelts yeah. on, keep the tires inflated at the proper pressure, and we'll be right back. 
What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett-Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about the Hilton Head Concord Elegance, the motoring uh, festival activities. Uh, you've been involved in this for how many years? Five years now. Five years. So if you're going to explain to somebody about the Hilton Head Concord and explain what makes this a unique Concord, and all week I've been promoting the Concord with different guests that are involved. So we've been talking about the different events and things. This is more than just a one-day show. How would you explain the fun and joy of the Hilton Head Concord? The Hilton Head Concord is, is just it's fun and, and it's, and it's also very design centric and, but also, you know, you can, you can kind of wear what you want to wear, which I think is really fun. There's a lot of activities around the Concord. There's one called uh, design under the stars where they have leading designers from car companies like Ralph Gilles and, and, uh, and, and people from Jaguar and, and a lot of, you know, design director level people. And they sketch live on linen napkins at dinner and then they auction them off for charity. Cool. You know, I mean, you just don't see that kind of stuff everywhere. They do a particular thing, which is I've always been interested in when someone says, I love that car. And I go, well, what do you love so much about it? And it's kind of the pornography question, which is I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. And so I don't think everybody has the vernacular to describe why they love a particular car. And so what we do is in conjunction with the Junior Challenge Design Program, we have the designers who are judging the Concours come to the to the Michelin tent and they literally walk out 
around the concourse and people can walk with them and they walk up to their favorite car in quotes, whatever favorite means that day. And they describe to people what it is about that car that makes it beautiful. You know, terms like a DRG, downroad graphic, or DLO, the daylight opening, or the proportions and overhangs, and, you know, all of these terms that seem like Greek, but whenever you hear them assembled, you start to understand why, you know, a Ferrari 250 short wheelbase looks so incredible, whereas another car that may have very similar size and elements just doesn't work. And and I really love that educational part of it, but I love that people are so approachable and also that the designers are willing to give their time so that we can make it kind of a design centric experience. And as a former car designer and a, you know, a design aficionado, that to me is really important. And Lindsay does a beautiful job, I think, of fostering those relationships, long-term relationships with companies and designers so that when people come to the Concours, they can expect to hear something a little bit different than they may at, say, Pebble or Amelia or or something like that. Now, I want you to talk a little bit more about this. I like to ask about how my guests give back and help others. You've been involved in a program that's evolved over the years that you mentioned the junior program that has helped people and young people in the uh, get into the industry, be involved in the industry. Tell us more about that. So for seven years, Mark, when I first joined Michelin, I was I was put in charge of a program called Michelin Challenge Design, which is the world's largest automotive design competition. Um, since 2001, we've had over 14,000 entries from 140 countries around the world. And it's very successful and, and we're very proud of it. So I ran that program for seven years and then I handed it over to my replacement because it was time for, for some young blood to get in there and, and mix it up the same way that I did when I first started. And I was approached by the Concord to see if we wanted to run a South Carolina-centric of challenge design. And so we call it Michelin Junior Challenge Design. So we partnered with the school system in Beaufort County, which is the county around Hilton Head. There are six high schools there, plus the Boys and Girls Club. And what we've done is we've given them a challenge every year. And, and there's teams within each school, and they develop a solution for the challenge. And we've had different challenges from a car that would win Le Mans in 2030 to a Concours winner. Um, last year, we had one called, uh, let's see, Land Air and, and Land Air and Sea. And you had to design a vehicle that would combine traveling through two of those elements to get from Belize to uh, Hilton Head. Um, And then this year, we're doing something called On the Road Again, where we're asking our contestants to interview someone that's over 65 years old and ask them about the greatest road trip they've ever taken Mm. and then design a vehicle for them to retake that road trip today as a 65-year-old. And so we've kind of moved from purely automotive design to more mobility design. Um, Last year, our user was a gentleman whose name was Chris Sparrow, and Chris uses a wheelchair. And so all of the entries last year had to utilize and be configured for someone that had to use a wheelchair. And so we found people really designing for users to be an interesting space for us. Um, And the idea is... You know, one of our biggest challenges in South Carolina is finding talent at Michelin. You know, uh, we, we hire people from everywhere. And also, like I told you earlier, I had to leave the state of South Carolina to get my design degree, first to go to Auburn and Alabama and then to California. And and so I have a vested interest in how can we support design within South Carolina, but more than just design. 
design, how can we support people to consider careers in mobility? And whether that's being a mechanic, whether that is being an automotive designer, whether that's working at a tire factory, you know, we face mobility challenges bigger than we ever have before from sustainability to overcrowding to, I mean, name it, Mark. And we need the best and the brightest. And so what we try to do with this program is to expose high school students to careers in the mobility industry that they wouldn't have previously considered. And if we do that, we consider that a win. And that's why this is important to me personally and to Michelin as a company. That's awesome. It's great. My listeners know my charity of choice is Tech Force Foundation and also I highly support RPM Foundation. Both are doing very similar programs to get young people into the industry. So uh, it's just absolutely spectacular. Let's talk about a special vehicle story for you. Is there a special vehicle in your life, in your past that really stands out? And if so, tell us about that ride. (laughs) So... This is a story about a terrible decision, not by me, but by my parents. And so (laughs) when I was a senior in high school, I had a 69 Charger and I'd gotten a few tickets and it was kind of discussed within my family that I probably needed to get rid of that car. And so I, uh, I went and I found a Datsun 240Z, but not just any 240Z. It was Autocross Magazine's first project car. So it was called Project ZZZZ. And it had triple McCoonies and a locked 410 differential and quick steering knuckles and shaved Yokohamas. And, you know, just it was set up to autocross. It wasn't set up to be driven at all. Not by a, by a high school senior, for sure. And basically, that was the first time I'd really had like a really fast car. And that car tried to kill me hundreds of times and, and taught me so much about what cars are all about. But I, I, that car for me, I'm so fond of that car. And I still have a picture of that car. And that car was just the coolest thing. And I took it to college and, you know, just stories that, you know, we don't want to tell on a family show like this, but, you know, but, but that car, I mean, in my mind, if you said what's, and I've had a lot of cars, you know, if you said, what is the favorite car you've ever had? There's no question that it was Porsche Guards Red, and it was just, it was probably the, the, the coolest car I've ever had. That was a really great car. So I'm trying to understand the conversation here. You got the Charger, and the parents are saying, yeah, you're getting some tickets in this thing. Maybe not a good idea. Time to settle down. Oh, I'll step into Autocross Magazine's Autocross car. Yeah, that sounds like the right but choice. But see, mom and dad didn't know that's where it came from. They oh. just thought, oh, it's a six-cylinder. It's Japanese. It'll be reliable. It'll be smaller. Oh, you know, I think this okay. is a good choice for everybody. Ignorance is bliss when it comes to it mom is. and dad and you're a teenager. Yep. Oh, that's yep. hilarious. Well, very cool. You know, I remember when those came out, there was a lady at the end of our street and I had a detailing business and I remember getting to drive that back to my house and detail it for her. And I was thinking, man, this is cool because they were brand new and you never seen something like that really come from Japan as a mainstream car. Right. I and mean, yeah, it was pretty absolutely. unique, pretty unique. I remember it was a lot. Hers was like a lime green. It was a really wild color. My aunt had one that was the color of a tennis ball. Yeah. And I yeah, remember it was that thing. the color, kind yep. of that yeah. almost neon kind of green. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great color. Great yeah. color. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to crawl on your head. A little uh, okay. automotive psychologist here. If All you right. woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, what would Ben Ebel be? But more importantly, why? Hmm. Something with a lot of tires, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, obviously. (laughs) Something with 315s on the back, at least. I think I'd be a resto mod. And if I was going to be anything, probably a charger. There is a guy on protouring.com. His screen name is Keypad. And Keypad just finished a 
replica of the Charger from Bullet. But he did it in his garage over the course of seven years. And it's one of the few cars I've ever seen that I said I wouldn't change a thing about that. Because kind of like me, you know, I, I, I've never been particularly good looking or cool looking. I mean, I'm kind of a designer that looks like an accountant. So <laughs> if you need to look older, right. But underneath, I think I've got some interesting things to say and some interesting things to do. So the resto mod thing for me is just a really interesting movement. And that 60, actually, I'm sorry, keep that scar to 68, like the one in bullet, but you know, a resto mod 69 charger, like my old charger was would be a pretty appropriate car to have a personalized tag that said Benny Bell on it. A little stealthy. I like it. Very cool. Is there a book that you've read that you'd like to share with the listeners? So there is a book, <laughs> and it's not fun necessarily, but it's called Guns, Germs, and Steel. And I've always been interested as to why some cultures tend to be more successful than others. And it talks about the combination of material science, but more importantly than that, what are you immune to? You know, what germs are you carrying and what, uh, what, how that has been the true weaponization of choice through time is what, what germs are you carrying? What he called the package. And like I said, it reads a little bit like a textbook. You can't get deep into it for a long time. It's not necessarily a page turner, but I just think it's fascinating to, to talk about the package and to look at what societies have done over time that has caused them to rise or to fall relative to highly recommend. Yeah, that book by Jared Diamond, the subtitle is The Fates of Human Societies. Yeah, that's a great, it's really interesting. Very, really yeah, interesting. no one's ever recommended that book. I'm kind of surprised, but uh, it's a great recommendation. So I'll remind our listeners, I'll put a listing or a posting of this book on Ben Shono's page on the Car Show website. There's another great place on the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books under the Resource tab. There's over 2,000 books listed there. Quick, easy clicks wow. to buy, and you can fill your whole automotive and uh, self, uh, not self-preservation, I shouldn't say, your, your self-building of format with uh, some of the books, many of the books that have been listed by my inspiring automotive enthusiasts. All right, we're almost there. I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive here, Ben. You get to pick any car in the world that I will provide you, any person yeah. to go with, living or deceased, yeah. and you can be going yeah. anywhere you want. So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? So I hate to say this, I'm, I'm, I'm revealing myself a little bit here, Mark, <laughs> but I have never gotten to go to Le Mans. And, you know, working for Michelin and working in the roles that I've had, you know, I've gotten close quite a few times. And if I wanted to put the bill, I would. But I've just never had a chance to go to Le Mans. And I just think to arrive in the UK and take a trip to Le Mans would just be epic. Um, the person I would ride with is, is I've got a friend of mine and I don't remember when I met him, but it was probably kindergarten or first grade. And he and I actually both live in Greenville now. His name is Rob and Rob and I, we go to car things together. You know, every year we go to Daytona, every year we go to Sebring, no question. You know, we just, we follow sports car racing. We watch F1 every time there's a race on and I just really enjoy his company. But our, if we didn't, weren't allowed to talk about cars, I'm not sure how long we'd last. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I definitely go with Rob. I definitely go to Le Mans and there. I, I would love to try the skinny tire car. You know, I've never driven like a, I, I mean, my, my close my eye crazy car is a, is a 250 short wheelbase. You know I mean? That yeah. is just, you know, a skinny tired car, you know, just on public roads heading to Lamar with my buddy Rob. 
I'm just not sure what else. I'm not <laughs> sure what else you really want other than that. You know, that yeah. would just be so great. So any listener that has one sitting around, I'm your guy. Let me know. I'll pay for gas. Okay. Well, I happen to have a friend who's got one. Uh, he let me drive that car when I was at Moroso during Cavallino event. And uh, he's had the car forever and ever. Um, pretty cool dream come true kind of car. It's one of those cars when you talk to people who actually own them and have driven them a lot. I just got to drive a little bit one day. But when you yeah. live with one of those cars, it's one of those track or street fun cars. It does it all, kind of, yeah. you know, everything. I mean, in a different way than maybe the uh, 250 GTO does, which is a little more yeah, racy, absolutely. you know, but absolutely. they're both so similar. I mean, a lot of similarities there, but uh, I think that would be a pretty darn cool trip. Yeah. I, I just love the, the way that the, the short Short wheelbase has the front end off of the Luso, you know what I mean? Yes. But I've never really liked the way the Luso resolves toward the back. Right. So it's kind of like the Luso front end with, you know, a, a GTO rear end. And you see a lot of them, or like the one that I remember seeing at the Peterson, Mr. Myers car is silver, you know, so it's oh, not yeah. red, you know? So, I mean, everything about that, I just spent, I probably spent an hour just looking around that car and just, it's just burned into my memory. So, oh, yeah. So love it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great trip. Well, you've taken us on a great trip today. I could talk cars and tires with you forever. Before I let you go, could you leave us with maybe some parting words of wisdom, a success quote, a mantra of some kind? Sure. I've always been a big believer in whether you say you can or you say you can't, you're exactly right. Um, I really believe in kind of manifesting what I want. And, and speaking what I want. And um, I think that's really important. I, I, I got to do a, a TEDx talk a few years ago, and that came because one of my coworkers overheard me saying I always wanted to do one at work, and she nominated me, and I ended up being able to do it. And I just have always really thought that let's speak our truth and speak our future, and I think it tends to manifest itself. I, I think what you put out into the world just pays back manifold. And so I'm just a big believer in in really just kind of speaking what I want and what I believe in. Ah, perfect. I love it. So how can people learn more about Michelin tires these days? Well, obviously in, in the U.S., the website is michelinman.com. You can go and find out all the information you're looking for, you know, as far as usage, as far as any questions on, like your question, Mark, how long are my tape tires safe for? You know, 10 years, everything's on there. So michelinman.com has some really exciting information about our newest products. And, you know, keep watching, keep watching the Internet because we have pretty amazing stuff coming out all the time. It's very cool. And if you want to learn more about the Hilton Head Concord, just go to hhiconcord.com. You can get your tickets there. Again, the Hilton Head Concord Elegance and Motoring Festival. It takes place November 5th, 6th, and 7th on the beautiful Hilton Head Island. When you're there, you can go up and say hello to Ben and say, hey, I heard you on Cars, yeah. And I want to do a shout out to our <laughs> mutual friend, Lindsay Harrell, uh, for connecting me with all the guests I've had this week. I mean, it's been five spectacular guests, all evolved around the Hilton Head Concord. This is a wonderful event uh, you got to experience, so take advantage and go there. Uh, you're going to have a great time. Ben, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your time with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Hilton Head Concours, the Elegance and Motoring Festival. Thank you, Mark. And for everybody, I really do hope that you take Mark up on his suggestion to come see us at the Hilton Head Concours. Um, come to the Driving Young America Boulevard, where the Michelin Junior Challenge Design entries will be displayed. And the winner will be unveiled on Sunday. 
um, and come and say hello. I'd love to talk to tires. I'd love to talk cars, or we can talk about symbolic or anything that uh, you want to talk about. So thank you, Mark, so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it, and I look forward to meeting you in person. Oh, it'll be great fun. And listeners, check those tire pressures and check the date codes, uh, just like I'm going to do. Time to get some new Michelins. <laughs> we'll see you at the Hill Mid Concours. See you, everybody. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology. It's in high demand. You get paid really well. And you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!